0: wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air broadcasting live from the annex wealth management studios at the avenue in beautiful downtown milwaukee here's john mccure white bar Cooley is in for sandy max greg Matzik is here thank god for that debbie Lazaga is here thank you for that adam roberts thank goodness is producing the show this afternoon we hope you're having a great wednesday everybody so, the Valley Sports is who carries the Brewers here. That's yes. how you watch Brewers games currently. So, they're held owned by a big company called Diamond Sports Group. Diamond Sports Group also owns franchises that broadcast Major League Baseball in 13 other cities, including San Diego. Well, Diamond Sports Group's in big trouble financially. They are filed for bankruptcy. They are going to go out of business. In San Diego... Bailey Sports no longer broadcast the game. They got yanked off the air. So the question everybody around here wants to know is, what happens when Bally Sports eventually goes under, which they are going to go under? What will happen to Brewers games? So Rob Manfred was in town the other day, and he made it very clear that games will continue to be broadcast. Major League Baseball will be sure of that. Here's the bottom line. If you have cable or satellite that carries Brewers games now, and the rights fees switch over because Bally goes under, Bally Sports... You are almost certain to still get the game. It'll just be on a different channel. So if Bally Sports right now is on channel 31, and that's where you watch the Brewers, and Bally Sports goes away, you might have to temporarily watch it on the MLB channel or some other channel, which will be free. It'll just be a different
1: channel. And it's likely to sound the same, too. Yeah, I think it is. And the other thing that Rob Manford is working on is... The discontinuation of blackouts. He does not yep. want the baseball product to be difficult for fans to consume if they want to watch it, right? And, and and the radio is a totally different model, and they have not unlocked the door to streaming for all of our Brewers Radio Network affiliates. We can stream in Milwaukee, but if you're an yeah. affiliate in La Crosse, you can't stream, and that's because they're protecting their SiriusXM deal and their MLB app deal. But Brewers are one of five teams that are sort of in this world where Bally's has direct-to-consumer Uh, streaming rights and watch what happens in San Diego because it it could end up being a blueprint for what happens in Milwaukee but my assumption is if the Brewers take over and Major League Baseball take over because Bally's is just out they're defunct bankrupt they will make it easier for you to consume the Brewers product over the air
0: yeah they have definitely said that and more people more eyes will have access to the Brewers product if MLB takes over you won't have to have this certain system or this uh, so I know there's a lot of angst, but you're still going to be able to check out the Brewers. And, of course, the best way to check out the Brewers is to listen to Mr. Baseball and the Brewers here on WTMJ. we got no issues. You're going to be able to hear the Brewers here on WTMJ the rest of the way. And uh, when Mr. Baseball's in town doing the games, there is nothing better than that during the summer. they got a good crew. Levering real, up by the
1: CN really, Tower, hanging really really out. <laughs> they really yeah. do. They got a I heard, crew. was it
0: Maurer on this weekend with uh, Grindle? I think I heard some Maurer.
1: Uh, from, is Maurer in Toronto? Maurer is in Toronto with Lane. Jeff was doing TV last yeah, night. Yeah,
0: I heard Maurer. That Maurer and Grindle sounded great, too. It's a great way to take in the game. It four thirteen at WTMJ. Vince Vetrano on AI. I know if you listen to the show a lot, you know that my eyes glaze over talking about A.I., but Petrano's got a pretty interesting story. He will join us up next. Vince Petrano is the host of Wisconsin's Morning News, and we're always happy when he's with us in the afternoon. Hey, pal, thanks for being here. I come delivering bad
2: news. We're doomed.
0: Oh, no, we are (laughs) What's going on?
2: I'm not even kind of entirely laughing at this. Eric and I talk about this on Wisconsin's Morning News quite a bit, because we're both kind of fascinated about artificial intelligence, the direction that it's going, and the
0: speed with which it
2: is rapidly
0: developing. And and make me interested, because my eyes glaze over, I don't fully understand it or how it applies to me. Oh, okay. And I know it likely will, but why are you intrigued by this? Do you want to get interested in a hurry? I I do, yes, interest me.
2: The very people who are developing this technology are using words like human extinction.
0: Oh God, that sounds terrible.
2: And they're serious. Not good. They're
0: serious. No, they're not. And they're the ones making it like dinosaur extinction. Yeah, like people will be gone. Come on, now. See, that's why I think this is crazy. There you go.
2: Hundreds of business leaders. This from ABC News. Hundreds of business leaders and public figures sounded a sobering alarm on Tuesday over what they described as a threat of mass extinction posed by artificial intelligence. What? These aren't just some cranks. Among them are the very people who are developing this, John. Among the 350 signatories of public statement are Sam Altman. Does that name sound familiar yeah, it to you? Does. At all? Chief executive of OpenAI, the company behind the popular conversation bot, ChatBDT. Also on the list, uh, Demis Hasebius. He is the CEO of Google DeepMind, the tech giant's wow, AI okay. division.
0: And they, why? Why do they think this could lead to extinction?
2: Elon Musk is another name on this. Stephen Hawking,
0: uh, the the famous physicist, was out in
2: front of this years ago talking about which direction it could go. Let me read you this statement. So I told you 350 people signed on to this dramatic statement that has a lot of people talking today. Here's the simplicity of the statement. Mitigating the risk... Of extinction from A.I. should be a global priority alongside other societal scale risks, such as pandemics and nuclear war.
0: (laughs) End of statement. So A.I. up there with nuclear war as far as could lead to extinction.
2: And why they're talking that way is because the nature of what they're developing means that at some point they're afraid they'll lose control Over how much more it develops. The whole thing is artificial intelligence becomes intelligent on its own. All right. So, whereas heretofore, we've basically programmed computers to do what we want them to do.
0: Yes. We tell them what to do. Yes. And they
2: operate, even with code, under the confines of what we've set up the apparatus and the curbs and the guardrails and all of that. It does only what we've told it to do. Artificial intelligence allows it to grow. And come up with things on its own. And what these guys are freaked out about is not today, but real soon, it will grow in ways that maybe we didn't want it to. It's, I mean, it's so cliche and we laugh at it because I am. I'm smiling. It's, it's the Terminator. It's war games. Right, it's Hollywood. Right, right. But these are the guys that are making it and they say it's real and they're calling for a pause on development. Stop right now. Let us take a breath. And they're begging lawmakers in Washington to put parameters on this. How many company executives of any kind go to Washington and beg for regulation?
0: Well, but people are, I mean, let's play this out. Okay. So people are still going to have sex because sex is fun. They're still going to procreate and have kids. Okay, so maybe this can now do work for us, right? It can lead to job elimination. Isn't it a big leap to say it could lead to extinction? That's, that's very strong. You can't get stronger than that. It could lead to extinction. I think what they're saying is, so on the extinction level, you know, what
2: could AI do like in Terminator, Skynet, right? Skynet goes active on this day, you know, where the computers take over and start warring with each other. Next thing you know, we're just around, right? They're in charge. They're in control. Yeah, we're in the background. I think that's one of the concerns when they use words like extinction. Also, you, you talked about something else that's important. We went through this in the robotic stage, right? As robotics was developing, we're like, nobody's going to have a job anymore. Robots will Mm -hmm. do everything. Well, Mm -hmm. no, and I don't think that's a reason to necessarily throttle back on advancing technology because there might be some societal interruptions. That's normal and natural human progression, right? What about all the people who knew how to drive a carriage back in the day? If we have this car, they'll all be out of work.
0: Well, right, the people who take care of the horses are going to be out of work.
2: Right, the the blacksmith or Exactly, they're going to be out of work. And we always find ways to adapt. What this is talking about is taking that to the nth degree where there's nothing left for us to really do. And before you say, well, like, what about us? We're in a creative industry. We tell stories. Or we what about musicians and artists? I mean, there was a thing just a a matter of weeks ago. The weekend was involved in it. Well, he wasn't, but his name was, his music was, his art was. Artificial intelligence developed a song, an original work, Based on the weekend, and I can't remember. I don't think it was Dre. Who else was involved in that? But they took these two artists. Yeah, AI created a song that had never been written before. It read like them. It heard like them. It sounded like them. It wasn't them.
0: So and let, people liked it. So let me ask you a basic question: Are you literally worried that AI, because you know more about AI than I do, could lead to extinction? You're not like you do will I, not, not you will not sleep as well this weekend because of this, right?
2: Well, I get up at 2.45 in the morning, so, so it's much. pretty hard to, well, pretty hard to lose worry, Does this really <laughs> worry you? <laughs> no. It does, it does worry me. Do I think we're going to go extinct in six months? No, absolutely not. But what worries me is, in, in the course of you know, all of humanity, like, find me another precedent where we've been able to throttle back on the advancement of our technology, even when our own peril is looming. I mean, look at the development of nuclear weapons. Granted, we haven't used them in the way that we did, but we fully control how they are deployed. No, well, we
0: have throttled back. Right. We've, we've, uh, we've we have throttled down back the, the development piles. We've
2: how many there are, sure, but yeah. we've continued to develop stronger, more powerful, more destructive nuclear weapons.
0: But you answered your own question earlier because when automotive, when the combustion engine, when computers, when robotics, when there were fears. Yes,
2: about whether or not we'd remain employed, about how they right. would cooperate but with we've us. have always adapted. But not that they would have their own brains and do whatever they want. They were always <laughs> under our control. And this is different. And again, don't take my word for it. Listen to the guys who are actually developing this technology.
0: Vince Vetrano is the host of Wisconsin's Morning News. He and Eric Bilstead are the big AI guys. Don't shut your eyes.
2: To, don't, don't sleep too
0: lightly tonight. <laughs> Thanks, pal. All right. Always good to have Vetrano with us. Never miss a single moment from Wisconsin's Afternoon News, thanks to Geist Garage Doors. You can now listen to the show anywhere you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Google, WTMJ.com, and more. All the big interviews, serious topics, fun conversations, like this one with Vetrano. It's going to show up right there. It's right at your fingertips. The Wisconsin Afternoon News podcast, presented by Geist Garage Doors. Don't think twice. Call Geist. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. Oh, cheesecake, munching on the cheesecake, munching on the cheesecake.
3: Cheesecake, cheesecake. cheesecake munching on the cheesecake, munching on the cheesecake. cheesecake. All right, hey, let's get to it. It's
0: time for Travel Wisconsin on Wisconsin's Afternoon News, sponsored by TravelWisconsin.com. All right, we are joined by the travel secretary, Ann Sayers. Ann, good afternoon. Thank you so much for being with us.
4: Good afternoon.
0: So June is National Dairy Month. This is our month, isn't it?
4: That is right. We produce one quarter of all the cheese produced in the country, and June is the month we take to celebrate it, and I appreciate every single last day.
0: All right, so what's your favorite kind of cheese?
4: Oh, I should have been prepared for this question. What do you say? I don't know.
0: Uh, I'm a cheddar guy, like mild, sharp. I just like all the cheddars.
4: I like a sharp cheddar. like an aged ooh, cheddar. Yeah. I like a fresh okay. Gouda. I like a goat cheese,
0: even. Oh, all right. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm you're in the right state, with. Anne, that's for sure. I uh, like
4: Limburger.
0: Oh, you're Limburger.
4: I'm all Fantastic. the way. Fantastic. Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, let's dive into some of the history of cheese making starting in Monroe County.
4: Yes, Monroe, which was- is in
0: Greene County. I'm sorry.
4: Yes, Monroe in Greene County. I was so lucky to get to visit here just a couple weeks ago. You are going to love it. You can develop a deeper understanding of the heritage of our cheese by touring the National Historic Cheesemaking Center in, in Monroe. The museum walks you through the story of cheese making in the late 1800s all the way through the 1900s. And you can tour the museum on your own, but I really recommend getting a tour from a retired cheesemaker or one of the knowledgeable docents there. You'll get a guided tour of the center. You're going to hear all of their colorful stories of the history of cheesemaking. It's so fun. And the National Historic Cheesemaking Center is open Thursday through Sunday, and you can experience the Amobostag stag a uh, farmstead cheese factory while you're on the ground. And so this century old factory was once producing Swiss, Limburger, yeah. and brick cheese. They did that all before 1917 and then it went unused for 90 years before being donated here to the center and it's been restored um and so now the farmstead operation and equipment is back to its original glory. And you just got to see
0: it. Oh, that's cool. I thought you were going to tell us there was cheese there that was 90 years old. That would be a different mm, kind of I'd tasty try it. treat. <laughs> You can taste more than a century of tradition at Nasonville Dairy. Where's that?
4: Yes, so this is in central Wisconsin. For more than 130 years, the Nasonville Dairy has been producing their cheese. You can travel to central Wisconsin and get a taste of their award-winning cheese for yourself. The dairy operates retail stores in the communities of both Curtis and Marshfield, and there you can browse a large selection of cheese and other products. They're open to customers Monday to Saturday. The Nathanville Dairy employs 17 licensed cheesemakers that craft their products, including four master cheesemakers. Hmm. So their cheeses include sharp cheddars aged up to 16 years. Specialty products like blue marble jack cheese and buffalo-flavored cheese curds and so much more. And you can time your visit to the Nasonville Dairy with other quintessential June Dairy Month experiences like breakfast on a farm. And there's a couple of those coming up in the area. Cool. Yes, the Abbotsford FFA is hosting a dairy breakfast that, of course, includes cheese, milk, and ice cream on June 4th. And then there's another one in the Colby FFA is hosting on June 25th. And in addition to breakfast, there's going to be a petting zoo, bouncy house, and polka band.
0: Oh, that sounds fun. That's a that's a great weekend. How about artisan cheese? Let's check out Door County. What's happening there?
4: Yes, for you foodies, you're going to want to check out Renard's Cheese um, and their itinerary for any trip up to Door County. The Artisan Cheesemakers operate a retail store and bistro in Sturgeon Bay. And Renard's is committed to high-quality gourmet cheese, and you're going to taste that in their selection. The Cheesemaker produces well-known styles, things you know, along with 50 specialty cheeses infused with exciting ingredients and flavors. And complimentary cheese and wine tastings are offered seven days a week at Renard's. Once the samples have you hungry for a little more, you might want to order on-site from the Melt Bistro. The dishes combine Renard's cheese with other locally sourced ingredients for home-style comfort food, and the melt sandwiches and mac and cheese. That sounds amazing. Really highlight the flavor and versatility of what they can do with their cheeses.
0: This sounds cool. You know, Anne, they have a Limburger Queen that they crown every year in Green County. I'm going to nominate you.
4: Oh, I would be so flattered.
0: You'd look great in that stinky crown.
4: Thank you. I feel I feel like
0: it's meant to be. I think it's meant to be too. I'm going to get to work on that. Uh, for more information on all things cheese related, check out travelwisconsin.com. Ann Sayers is the travel secretary. It's always great to have you on. Thank you so much, Ann. It's great
4: to be here. Thank you.
0: It is 4:45 at WTMJ. Tim Sheehy with us live up next. He really is the big cheese. He is Tim Sheehy, the president of the Metropolitan Milwaukee Association of Commerce. Tim, how are you doing?
3: I'm hopeful I'm not the big stinky cheese.
0: (laughs) If somebody were to say to you, we don't know what you're doing when this MMAC thing's done, but you'd be a really good king of Limburger.
3: I'd pass. (laughs) What's your favorite cheese? Yeah, what is it? My favorite cheese is any cheese. I'll eat any cheese. Equal opportunity cheese, Equal opportunity cheese. I like that. That's good. I love it.
0: Hey, I wanted to get you here today. I'm excited you're here because the funding for the ballpark is in the news. It's been in the news, and there are a couple developments that I specifically wanted to ask you about. Let's start with this. So the stadium board, which you had approved a new main scoreboard request by the Brewers but rejected a $2 million request for a secondary scoreboard. I know it was decided behind closed doors, but what can you tell us about the discussion? Why was the decision reached to approve the main scoreboard but the secondary one was a no-go?
3: Sure. The district park board, which represents the taxpayers, is governed by the lease. And the lease led us to a decision that we needed to replace the main scoreboard because it was reaching the end of its useful life. So we needed to do that, and we did that um, in partnership with the Brewers. And so that new scoreboard, which will be the fourth largest kind of main scoreboard in Major League Baseball, fulfills our lease obligation uh, to make that capital improvement And uh, we did not feel uh, at the time that the secondary scoreboard did that. We're also reviewing a new control room, which would help operate the main scoreboard. So those are the reasons that we we made the decisions.
0: So part of the obligation is that if a certain percentage of Major League Ballparks have an amenity, then the brewers can have it, right? Is that fair?
3: Yeah, it's a fair. So like for the new scoreboard... Um We want it, we need to put that improvement in such that we 're in the top twenty five percent of all ballparks, and if seventy five percent of the teams have some major amenity, then we need to consider putting that in uh, for the ballpark
0: so seventy five percent had a secondary scoreboard. This might have been a different conversation. you, you, you
3: could make an argument um, uh, for you could make an argument for that case, but you 'd also look at the total amount of video in uh, in a stadium or in a ballpark and compare that total amount to others. So I said it's fourth largest scoreboard in Major League Baseball, and with that scoreboard addition, we're in the top seven teams in total video for the ballpark.
0: It is going to be a cool scoreboard. Are the Brewers upset that they're not getting the smaller scoreboard?
3: Well, I think that's a decision that's to be made down the line, and you, know, you can't always get what you want. Sometimes you get what you, get what you need. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, and that's a good way to phrase it, right? Is it deemed overkill? Like, we, here's what you need, and here's what you may want.
3: Right. And and there are some gray areas in our lease, and what we want to do is give the brewers the tools that they need to draw fans to be competitive and to have this be a great experience. But we also have to keep in mind the taxpayers and the resources that we have to make those decisions.
0: I want to ask you about the Milwaukee County Board voting 17 nothing for a resolution calling for no county funding on American Family Field improvements. I know this is being negotiated in Madison. Do drawing of lines like this make the process more complicated?
3: Well, they're they're not helpful, but in deference to the county board, I also understand the negotiations that are going back and forth in terms of the amount of the sales tax that the county might get access to, which is right now 0.375. And they're interested in getting a half cent to help solve their problems. So this will be part of the back and forth uh, discussion and negotiation about what is the right amount of sales tax and what responsibilities the county has.
0: I spoke to a legislator yesterday who said that he's ticked off that the board did this, that even if this ends up being the case, it's just like, I guess you put it perfect. It's not helpful in your role and you marry a lot of different people together and work with a lot of different organizations, is part of it bringing people together and finding common ground when it appears that that's not always readily available?
3: Yeah, and I understand why the state legislature might be upset about this, but I also understand why the county is upset about some of the provisions that they're being asked to agree to to get access to the sales tax. So this is a back and forth, and what you want to do is keep it professional and not make it personal.
0: The U.S. is aging faster than it has in 130 years. I find that very interesting. You pointed this out to us. Wow. What does that mean for our economy?
3: You know, so much, you often hear that demographics are destiny. And in this case, it's a really interesting look because what we want to understand is how many people are going to retire are retired and how many people are going to support them. So as you noted, the U.S. population grew older faster in the last decade uh, with a share of residents 65 or over than at any time in the last 130 years. Wow! And what's really interesting here is, obviously, you have baby boomers retiring, you have millennials getting older, so that puts more people in the retirement bucket than are working. Now, if you look at the other end of the spectrum, and I do this quickly, in 1957, there were 4.3 million births and 1.8 million deaths. Last year, in 2022, there were 3.7 million births and about 3.3 million deaths. Wow! So the point is, the the country is not growing. Our demographics are slowing down. We're getting older, and that's a big challenge, and we go back to a longer discussion on why immigration is so important.
0: New office leases downtown are picking up. New apartments are going online. We've discussed that in the past. How's Milwaukee changing post-COVID now that we're a little bit past it?
3: You know, it's a really good question. I was talking to a business that was moving in today to the BMO Tower downtown just across from City Hall, and they said with their move that building's about 82% full. And we're starting to see cranes on both sides of the river, new apartments coming up. So it shows me that the city is resilient, it's vibrant, and it's coming back.
0: I love it. I love the sound of that. All right. uh, How about some good news?
3: Yeah, so good news is that we held our last board meeting today of the Summerfest board before the kickoff on June 22nd. So Summerfest begins on June 22nd with Eric Church, and then in a small note, um, creative uh, design and fabrication just moved from northern Illinois to Wisconsin, so it doesn't replace the loss of Masterlock, but it says manufacturing's still alive, and we've got new manufacturers moving here.
0: I've got good news of the week, too. You played pickleball with us for the first time recently, and I want to thank you. That little serve, acting like you don't know what you're doing, Matzik, that thing was nasty,
1: wasn't it? I kept it low, right? Spin. you got to get low to try and get it over the You seem comfortable, Sheehy. Well,
3: I really appreciate the invite, and I was really thrilled to be partnered with Greg Matzik, which I will call Edward Scissorhands now. I mean, he can hit the paddle left, he can hit the paddle right. It's incredible. That's just meaning
1: I don't know what I'm doing, so just switch (laughs) hands. Yeah, it was good stuff. Uh,
0: Anytime. We'll play again soon, Tim. Tim Sheehy is the president of MMA Casey, always good to have you here.